ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. The NBA, or excuse me, the NFL trade deadline, just about an hour away, right? So yep. it's 1 o'clock our time, and then we'll see whether the Chargers do something, whether the Raiders do something, whether any of these other teams. Deshaun Watson expected to stay in Houston. That was kind of the big name that was out there. Maybe he might go somewhere else, but that situation is so unclear that it doesn't look like that's going to get resolved before uh, 1 o'clock hits. But the Rams yesterday made the splash, right? The Rams yesterday made the move that I think they got the entire league's attention. It certainly got the rest of the teams in the NFC's attention. They went out and got Vaughn Miller. Now, I want you to listen to Sean McVay talk about when he was uh, informed that Vaughn Miller was coming to L.A. Yeah, you got to be me. That's, that's what I said. I, uh, I'm like, no way. And then you start to really unpack it and understand the ramifications and, and what's it going to take and – you know, what does that look like? What does that potentially do? And how we envision him fitting into our football team and became more and more of a reality really over the last week. All right. So I think that was everybody's reaction, right? When it broke yesterday, right before we came on the air and we kind of like the Rams got Von Miller. Really? You got to be bleeping me. That was Sean McVay's reaction, and now I think that was our reaction too because the Rams had a pretty good pass rush, lead the league in sacks, and they just went out and got another guy who's going to help them get to the quarterback. I wonder what the reaction was to the Packers. I wonder what that reaction was to Tampa. I wonder what that reaction was to some of these other teams, the Dallas Cowboys, Arizona Cardinals, some of these teams that are, you know, you could say toe-to-toe, right? If you look at the NFL standings, right, every team that I mentioned is within a game of each other, something along those lines. I think that's as big to do with it as anything else. We use Travis, and it's it's kind of funny the NFL trade deadline. I, I don't know why the NBA. It's as if it's a freaking circus when you're going down the trade deadline. Um, uh, so much conversation. Twitter's going crazy. One guy moves who's not even that good of a player. Twitter just erupts. Kind of quieter in the NFL. You don't you don't get that. You know, typically from the NFL. Obviously, that was a little bit different yesterday, and we'll see if any of these other teams do anything. It's not just acquiring a guy. It's, okay, did you acquire somebody that you feel like at this stage where you're sitting, you're already eight games in, you're already seven and one. I mean, if, listen, if the Rams didn't do anything, nobody's going to say, nobody's going to be, oh, well, the Rams really screwed up. I don't think anybody's going to say that. But for them to help themselves even more, and it's not like they're sitting at four and four right now. It's not like they're the Kansas City Chiefs and they got a lot of question marks. It's not. No, they're arguably the best team in the NFL without this trade, and this certainly is going to help them in the short term. It, they they reestablished their identity. Reestablished is the wrong word. That's not what I want to say. What they did was they reinforced their identity because this is what they've done since Sean McVay has gotten here. They've been bold. Right, that they went out and they have made moves that you said a minute ago. The NBA trade deadline is wild. There's players moving all over the place, and you almost have to take an entire day to unpack Mm -hmm. who's where. And okay, well, what does this mean for this team and that team? Baseball trade deadlines very similar. Players moving all over the place. The NFL trade deadline, more often than not, is just kind of a nothing event. Just not a lot of things happen, except if you're a member of the Rams. Because this is what the Rams have done in just the last few years. They went out and they got Dante Fowler. And I know that maybe he's not a name that – Dante Fowler was the third pick in the draft not that long ago. Was kind of languishing in Jacksonville. Wasn't They brought him over to L.A. He was an immediate impact player. Then the near after that, they go and they get Jalen Ramsey. Is he any good? They're they're not going and finding a sixth defensive back to shore up some depth issues. They went and got Jalen Ramsey.
<laughs> then yesterday, they're, they, they, the trade deadline approaching, and they just didn't go and say, oh, the Rams, you know, after they traded Kenny Young and, and they decided that they're going to get some linebacker depth and they got some guy off of the, you know, Kansas City Chiefs practice squad. They went out and got Von Miller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they treat this trade deadline far differently than just about everybody else in this league, and it just reestablishes their identity as a team that is not just content to kind of sort of be in it. We're all the way in it. We don't like our quarterback. Yeah, but you just gave him $100 million. We don't care. He's out. New guy in. Yeah, you know, we don't have the defensive back we need. Who's the best one? Jalen Ramsey? We'll take him. Vaughn Miller's available? Yeah, we'll take him. They're just continuing to go all in. Maybe at some point the bill comes due, but I love it, Al. I absolutely love that they're saying, we think we can win the Super Bowl right here, and if this gives us a 5% better chance, 10, 20, whatever the number might be, let's do it. Well, there's there's only one thing left, right? This is something that we talked about when the trade went down for Matt Stafford, and we actually, right, right as the regular season was about to start, preseason was still going on. They weren't going to play any of their stars. It's, you know, it doesn't really matter what they accomplish in the regular season. I think what they've done so far, you should be impressed with. Seven and one start. We'll use let's use last night's game as a good example. Monday night football, right? You got the Chiefs and the Giants. Mm-hmm. Chiefs had to scratch and claw at home in a game that could have determined their season. This isn't a, hey, you know what, we're just going to play with our food. No, they have not. They've been in positions all season long where uh, they're struggling to get any Ws. They're sitting at 4-4. Four and four. They scratch and claw to beat the Giants at home. What did the Rams do to the Giants, what was that, two weeks ago? 38-11, to 11, I think, was the final score. In New York, yeah. completely dominate. Yeah. And the reason why I bring that up is I, I think – I think there's a I think there's a position that the Rams are in where on paper every star that you could think of. Now there are people that question the depth of the Rams that okay, you keep Fair throwing question. out these picks left and right. You actually mentioned it before the Von Miller trade even went down. You talked yeah. about how did you see what happened to the Rams in that fourth quarter when they start putting up their backups um and here come the Texans all of a sudden look <laughs> Three like touchdowns the touchdowns in the fourth quarter is like they look uh uh is that that's not a big deal. This, I, I know it's not a big deal. I know you had a 38-point lead. I know you weren't going to lose the game. But whatever happens if those guys have to, you know, play in games that matter, <laughs> that's, yeah, then I, it's the first thing I thought of. So I, I want to compliment, but I also want to – this is the one thing I'll say. They went out and got Vaughn Miller. We know what they gave up to go get Matt Stafford. I don't think anybody's questioning what they've done. They really aren't. But all of this is kind of uh, – it's a mood point until you get to the postseason. What are you going to do in the play? That's the only way the Rams are going to be judged. And listen, I know there's, okay, well, if they lost, how did they lose? Did somebody get injured? Of course, all that's going to come into play. But that's kind of how you look at this Rams team now. They're going to have some really great matchups the rest of the way. They have the third toughest schedule the rest of the the, the rest of the season. They've only got one easy game out of their last nine. One. Jacksonville, right? Yep. That's yep. the game. Okay, so just kind of keeping that in mind and keeping the big picture – They've put themselves in a great position. All of it means nothing if you don't go handle business in the playoffs, and I think that's how they're going to be judged. It, there, there's another element to this, too, and I don't think it's at the nope, top of the No, I think I hit list. on everything. I don't, I don't think there's anything else. <laughs> there's, no, there's no meat left on the bone. It, it's just the star factor here in L.A. that you need to be you, – you see all the moves that the Dodgers make. You see all the moves that the Lakers make. And yeah. I want to go all the way back to the summer – Kirk and I were out at UCI. It was Rams training camp, and we had uh, Rams COO Kevin Demoff on with us. And I asked him the question, like, do, do you ever feel like you have to kind of keep up with some of these other teams in town? 
I don't view it as competing. I view it as drafting off one of another and using NASCAR, right? Like we all lift each other up. And yeah. one of the things I love about being in this market is you have to be your best as an organization. It requires, you know, the Dodgers are going to be great. The Lakers, Kings, everybody here, there are bits and pieces that are great organizations that you want to learn from and study from. And I think that challenges us as an organization to be the best. Now, we're so fortunate when you have a Stan Kroenke as an owner who can sit there and give you every opportunity to compete on the field, off the field, build a stadium, and change the paradigm for us to go carve out our own niche. And the, they have the niche in L.A., especially for a team like the Rams. Well, I, I know that the Rams have a history, but it's, a, it's an unusual history where they're here for a long time, they left for a long time, and they're back. It's not the Lakers, it's not the Dodgers, but your niche needs to be we got to be really good. We got to have really good players. We got to give you a state of the art stadium. We got to give you absolutely everything there is to give you. And they have. The only thing that they're still, you know, the only box on the resume is have you won the Super Bowl yet? And they put themselves in a pretty good position to make a run at that. That's why I say, Trav, I don't think anyone can look. And, and people can say, you know what, you're you're throwing around draft picks. You're not valuing the draft picks enough. You're not paying attention to your future enough. They can make that argument. But the Rams, I think, look at it this way. If we don't, you, you just mentioned there's one box left to be checked. It's a Super Bowl. SoFi is obviously going to host the Super Bowl this year. Um, maybe in the next couple of years, we're going to look back and say, damn, they, they're hurting because they gave up all those draft picks. But if you got a Super Bowl in front of you, then you know obviously everything that you did, it was worth the risk. It was worth the gamble. It was worth the draft picks. It was worth some of your future. Now you got to go deliver in the playoffs. Okay, um, we got today's stat hero of the day. It's the Rams' defense before getting Von Miller. So Los <laughs> Angeles Rams led the league in sacks with 25 before they got Von Miller, who has the most all-time sacks of any uh, active player. Just seems, real quick on this, Trav. Seems good to me. I, well, I, if it, you have the most sacks on the season and you get the guy with the most sacks in the league over his career, well, yeah, that seems like a good fit. Okay, so quick question. So he's obviously not in his prime anymore. No. It was, what was it, 2015 when they uh, won the uh, Super, Super Bowl? Super 50, so yeah. yeah. I think Somewhere around right. there? Okay. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, I think one of the things that maybe is being um, – uh, maybe it's not being under-talked about or anything along those lines, but it's the fact that he's not the person that has to carry your defense, right? Well, like, I'll use the, what DeMarco said. You don't have to – or no, was, sorry, it was Kirk. Kirk said he doesn't have to be the baddest man in the room. Yeah. He just has to be a guy in the room, a good player in the room. The baddest man in the room is number 99. And if it's not him, it's number five. The, those two guys are the two best guys at their position in the whole league. Von Miller doesn't have to be the best linebacker. He just has to be a really good linebacker. It's a huge difference. All right, Stat Hero, the exclusive Daily Fantasy app partner of the Travis and Sliwa Show. Stat Hero is the first ever Daily Fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. We're going to throw out the website. We appreciate their partnership. Everybody, by the way, who has been downloading Stat Hero on the mobile app, we appreciate it. Go to stathero.com slash 710ESPN for 300% back on your first play. Uh, Trav, when we come back, I think this will – so for the first time on – uh, Sunday night, we saw a new starting lineup for the Lakers that included mm. Anthony Davis at the five. Is that something that we're going to see more often? Do Laker fans want to see AD at the five? You can uh, chime in 877-710-ESPN. This is the Travis and Sleeva Show, 710-ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. 
Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. And this is like where you're just trying to grab paper towels and some shampoo (laughs) from Trader Joe's. You're trying to get out, get in and out, and this is in the background. It's the third time you heard it. You buy your shampoo at Trader Joe's? And I just kind of threw that one out there. They do have a little area. They have a section there where they have they some have, good they stuff. They have good shampoo. They do have they? their lotion. It's good stuff. I, I've yeah, never. I, I've been to Trader Joe's. Good a lemon of times, soap. I think it is. They, they yeah. have some soap, but I didn't know. Yep. Any, anyway, I guess I've yep. never been to the health and beauty aisle at uh, Trader Joe's. I, I need. To, I need to do they better. They have face masks too. Maybe you can yep. use one of those. There you go. I, got, I always uh, go to look for the little stuffed monkey. I know. Got that my that's transmission change there. <laughs> A little area in the back that you know. <laughs> yeah, you gotta know a guy. You gotta hey. know a guy. Yep. <laughs> Don't forget, uh, Les Snead is going to be on with Mason in Ireland. That's coming up at two thirty today. So I'm sure they'll get all into the uh, Von Miller acquisition. It's a good conversation. It's a, Definitely. It's a good time to be a Rams fan, Slee. It's a good time to be in LA. You know, look, it's kind of cyclical. It kind of ebbs and flows a little bit. Of course. But right now, it You're is right. flowing. Every you know what's funny? Dodgers good. Lakers good. I've thought about that. I was thinking to myself. I'm like. I was thinking about the Dodgers specifically. They have had such a long run mm-hmm. of success. And and listen, how you define success is up to you. But if you're in the mix every year, that's success. And, you know, baseball is one of those sports where maybe in the NBA it's much easier to predict who's going to win over a seven-game set. Trav, you've always cautioned me, no, baseball, it's not like that. It's different. You could lose. You don't have to be the best team. A team like the Braves could have 88 wins, and you could have an 18-game advantage over them, and they could still have home field because baseball has the stupidest rules possible. But the Dodgers having this much success for this long, and then, you know, it's like they're able to do this for another five years, seven years. They're set I, I, up for it, but I'm saying like that's that's pretty unheard of. It, it really is. Like you you go back and I'll, the Dodgers of the 1970s when I first started really kind of paying attention to what this was. And I was a little kid, but Dodgers were good every year in the 70s, more or less. They went to the World Series in the early part of the decade, played in the World Series in the late part of the decade. They won the World Series in 1981. They won the World Series in 1988. They were in the playoffs throughout most of the 80s, and then it kind of dried up for a while. And now they're in another. 10-year window where they're pretty good every year, but it's pretty rare where you get teams that are just this good for this long. And the Lakers are kind of interesting right now, too, because it's hard to tell. They're, they're in it right now, right? They won a championship two years ago. They're competing for a championship right now. But what does it look like three years down the road, four years down the road for the Dodgers? I think it's pretty clear where they're going to be. With the Lakers, it's less clear. But this is more, I think the Lakers run is, when I say a little bit more normal, they got good oh, when yeah. LeBron came. Right, like, and and they'll be good until LeBron leaves, and then they'll you know have to make a decision, kind of figure out everything from there. So, Lakers got the Rockets tonight, six p.m. pregame show, uh, seven thirty will be tip off. So, I was it, it's it's interesting to kind of look at the game was about to start on Sunday, and um, 
it ends up Dwight Howard's not going to play. So okay. Dwight Howard's not going to play, and they come out with a starting lineup, and it was something that we've never seen before. It was AD at the five, LeBron at the four, and most would think, okay, maybe they're going to just slot Carmelo into the starting lineup. They didn't do that. Kept Carmelo coming off the bench, which I think you have to do. Do not start Carmelo Anthony, and I hope they don't do that. I think part of Carmelo's success is coming in off the bench, going up against some of the other reserves from another team. Mm-hmm. But this is what they did. They went LeBron Anthony Davis, Kent Bazemore, Avery Bradley, Russell Westbrook. That was your starting five. They didn't sacrifice their defense for more offense. They actually brought another defensive guy in, Avery Bradley. Right, That was the idea. But they got a lot smaller, and AD played the five. So... I was asking Laker fans, I was doing this in the post-game show, people hit me up on Twitter or even during Lakers talk, what do you think of the move? Do you, do you, do you want to keep this permanent? And I, I don't know, and I, I genuinely say this, I don't know if that just happened because Dwight wasn't going to play, so they had one less big man, and they figured, okay, we'll bring DeAndre off the bench. It could have just been as simple as that, that they were going to try something different, but at the same time, DeAndre wasn't there. You know, it's interesting, Trav, I, I got, and I know you and I talked a little bit about this, AD has been, you know, in my opinion, I'm, I'm going to start lowering my expectations on Anthony. i got to stop saying he's the top five player in the NBA. He's going to be top five. You know, when MVP votes come out at the end of the season, he's going to be in that conversation. I'm going to stop all of that because I think I'm wrong. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm not accurate. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that's Unfortunately, gonna, I think you're right. But I don't yeah. think that's going to hold its weight as the season progresses. But it, the AD at the five, I never thought was a big deal. I never did it. Because I know in the beginning of the game, it's not at the end of the game. If you want AD at the five, you're going to have him in for the last six minutes at the five. So I didn't never really thought it was all that big a deal. Michael Thompson keeps saying, "You're right, it's not a big deal. Keep him at the five. Stop kind of messing around with this lineup. Put AD at the five and just roll." I'll be curious to see if Lakers kind of take this approach and say, "That's it, Anthony Davis. He's going to be our five. That's how we're going to start our games." I, I, look, I, I don't think it's a secret. It's not a secret. Anthony Davis would prefer not to do that, and, and I think his feelings matter. I think that his desire to not play the five needs to be considered because, look, he's he's whatever the future is going to be. He's he's the centerpiece of that, right? He's he's going to be your best player very soon, very soon. Um, if if he's not already, he, and he might be already, we we will see. So you. It, his needs and desires and wants and feelings are not insignificant. You need to, you do need to factor those in. Now, I agree with you. There are going to be times where you just say, look, I, I know you don't like it, but we need you to go do it tonight because we need you to go take over down there. And, and, and he'll do it. He's done it, and he'll continue to do it. I, I'm far less concerned with where these guys are to start the game than who are the five guys at the end of the game and which roles are they following. Or, or, or filling, I should say, because that that that's the NBA, right? That you're going to have three quarters, maybe three and a half quarters of ebb and flow, and you get a ten to two run, and I have a fourteen to five run, and that's the NBA. But in the last five minutes, and especially in the playoffs, where maybe it's most of the game, it's matchups, it's possessions, it's running your offense much more, and that's what I'm more interested in than hey, is AD at the five tonight? Oh, he's four last night. Oh, he's back to the five. I don't know if that has any real meaningful impact before we get to the end of the line. What you said about him being a top five guy, I, I think you're right. Um, I, I think it's we kind of did it backwards that we would see the nights where he was a top five guy, a top three guy a lot of times. Say, okay, that's that's who he is. He's not. What he is is a top ten guy just about every single night. 
He's going to put up numbers that are just bonkers on a regular basis, and occasionally he's going to dip into that next-level, otherworldly LeBron, KD, Giannis group where there's nothing you can do about this. But that's not where he's going to live. He's going to live in the other group of five. He's going to dip into the other five once in a while, and I think we've had it backwards. I think we always had him in the five, and why does he slide out of it? It's the other way. He's in the next five and occasionally moves into the front five. He, uh, you know, we, we spent a little time on this yesterday, and I know the NBA is doing their rule changes and everything, and I'm a big fan of it. I love a little bit more that the NBA is becoming a little tougher to get to the free throw line. You really got to earn a foul in order to get there. I think that's a good product. It's good for, for basketball. Sure. For he has sure. two free throws in the last two games. He has two free throws in the last two games. It's stunning to me. So I think if Anthony Davis is going to become – the only way AD becomes a top-five player in the league, Trav, I'll, I'll, I'll paint you the picture. This okay. is how he becomes a top-five player in the league. Um you watch Giannis Tentacumpo every night? Do you just see the way he plays? Mm-hmm. He plays with this. AD is a more skilled player than Giannis. A skill set. Skilled. Just a naturally skilled basketball player. AD is more skilled. Giannis plays like a guy that does not have the skills of Anthony Davis, but I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to out-hustle you. I'm going to be in the mix every single possession. You know what? I have no choice because I can't hit a 15-footer to go down low and try to Euro-step my way into some kind of a dunk or an offensive rebound or something along those. Unless AD becomes that kind of – AD's skill set has taken him away from the basket. Unless he starts saying, I'm going to allow my skill set to take me towards the basket so I could get to the free throw line, I could dominate the paint, all that stuff, that's the way he becomes a top-five player. If he doesn't do that, I don't think he's in that conversation with those top five. Okay, you said something a minute ago about you know getting good and staying good in Major League Baseball, getting good and staying good in the NBA. Yep. Which of those two things is harder to do? That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Can, can we all agree that candy canes are disgusting? Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan. I'm with you on that. And Emily? if you try to, like, you know, try to 
chew on them. They're all up in your teeth. And it's not, oh, if you chew flavored, on them, you're, you're basically asking you're to pull screwed. the dental work out of your head. The flavored yeah. ones, like the Starburst ones, they're fine. I feel like when it's just peppermint, it is not good. Have you guys okay, had well, the flavored ones? Ba- like, back up, back up. There's a <laughs> Starburst flavored candy cane? Yeah, so like I think Starburst came out with it, and you, they have like fruity That's better. candy canes. It's, yeah, it's, it's, better it's nice. That but it's yeah. still, there's still the whole, yeah, I'm, I'm good. No, no candy canes for me. <laughs> okay, before we get to the uh, NBA or NFL or, or, and which one is harder to build, Major League Baseball's in there as well. Dude, did you see the videos of Zion? What, what, uh, what's going on there? He looks bad. He looks heavy. He looks slow. He looks like a guy that does not really want to be where he is right now. I, I, I was stunned seeing him look the way that he was did. Was that, by the way, and I saw the video, was that – like the most recent video? Not the most recent, but it was recent. It was in the last week or so. Yeah, that that's a you know, that's a tough one to understand. Um, you know, Michael always talks about this when and you know this, you know, he, he kinda like looks at these athletes like you are the only thing you really, really have to worry about is your body, right? Like that is your business. That is your that's the most important thing that you worry about. Zion Williamson looks he looks fifty pounds overweight. He does. Did did you ever did you ever hear Charles Barkley? Because I think this is a this is the best comp that I could put. Charles Barkley when he came into the league, and I know that was years ago, always tells a story that Moses Malone told him one time. He's like, basically, look, you're too big. You can't play this heavy. And he goes, all right. Moses told him lose ten pounds. Just lose ten pounds. And I think he was maybe let's say two eighty or two ninety something like that. And he lost 10 pounds. Part of the reason why he was gaining weight is he didn't want Philadelphia to draft him. Okay? <laughs> right. I remember the story. Remember he and his story. agent were going like Burger yeah. King yeah. the night just, before. <laughs> that, was, that was the game plan. I'm sure uh, the agents have also uh, adjusted, and, and they're coming up with different strategies not to get uh-huh. drafted. So I think let's say he was 280, and he dropped 10. He got to 270. And then Moses Malone tell him, okay, good. Drop 10 more. Goes down to 260. Goes down to 250. They keep doing this. And he said at one point he got to 230, and he's like, okay, I don't like this weight. I, I'm, yeah. This is actually not helping my game. And I think I want to say he gained 10 more pounds, and he found his weight. He was 240. And that's what Charles Barkley kind of tried to stay with when he was with the Philadelphia 70s because I don't know the weight for Zion, but the well, injuries reportedly that this he's guy, over 300 pounds. The, the, the reporting is that he was, was slash is or very near 300 pounds, which is way too much. That sounds – you know, so incredibly irresponsible. The Pelicans, they are depending so much on, you know, obviously Zion Williamson to um, to eventually evolve, get healthy, be in shape, kind of take that franchise. You know who the number two pick was in that draft? Ja Morant. Ja freaking Morant. Mm-hmm. You see what Ja Morant's doing in the NBA right He's now? He's a I mean, star. I mean, he's an absolute star, but yeah. I did see that. To answer your question, I saw that video. Definitely yeah, saw that well, video. Yeah, well, and it kind of brings us up to what I wanted to talk about, which is you getting really good in the NBA mm-hmm. is both easy and virtually impossible. You, you, you need to find one of the ten best players in the league. That's how you get good in the NBA. The problem is they're so hard to get. And one of them's not even good enough. It, I mean, it, it, no, it, half we, of we, them. We're Look just at saying – we're just saying Anthony Davis is a top ten player in the NBA. Yeah. What was he in New Orleans? Not, I mean, he was I, he was no no, but but he was really really good, and the Pelicans couldn't make any noise. As in as in one player is not enough. No, you need you need one, complimentary guys or another star or whatever. But like Zion's a perfect example. They get 
you have to time this thing exactly right. You need to have the number one pick in a year where somebody that is so obviously going to change the course of your franchise. There's no doubt about LeBron James. There's no doubt about, you know, these guys that come out of it. Sometimes there is. Like, sometimes guys go number one. Who's the guy that went um, number one to Cleveland? And Anthony Bennett. He's That's out of right, basketball. Canadian, yep. right? He, he came and he went. Sometimes it's it's Ben Simmons might, might get lucky and get Steph Curry later on down the you, road. You might, Kawhi but Leonard. It's really hard. You could have mm-hmm. the first pick and you get Ben Simmons, and it's like, is that good or not? I don't know. It, 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 you could talk me into either one that this is he's a guy that's good enough to win with, or you got no chance. And this is the point with Zion. Clearly, he's a guy that has enough ability. He's a, he's he's a, a show. Absolutely, he, the things that he does is amazing, but. Because, first of all, he's hurt all the time. Now, maybe that's a function of the weight. Maybe that's a cause of the weight. It's, sure, it's it could a bit be. of a chicken and egg thing there because, mm-hmm. well, now that I'm hurt, I can't work out, so I put on weight. Now that I put on weight, I get hurt more. Now I can't it, – it, I don't know. All I know is he's always kind of looked a little soft in, in his yep. career. Even at Duke when he was amazing and athletic and young and spry and stuff, it was still like he needs to get in better shape to be an NBA star. But without one of those guys, it doesn't matter. You can build – look at what's going on in Portland. Damian Lillard is fantastic. He's fantastic. But they're stuck on the ultimate treadmill, right? It's a hamster wheel. They're really good. They get into the playoffs. He might beat somebody because he's that good. But you're not beating three people. You're certainly not beating four people. It is so difficult, but it's also the easiest thing because if you get LeBron or KD or Steph or Giannis or one of these guys, it's like, all right, we're in the mix now. But they're so hard to find. You know, you know it's actually a good example of this. Um and this is – I don't know what the Thunder are doing. I know they have we 36 picks over the next seven years. Literally. <laughs> they drafted Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, Steve At- Steven Adams. They drafted a lot of really good players, and that's a no small question. market team. That's one way of – that's kind of how you have to build. The Houston Rockets, I don't think they care about. Lakers got the Rockets tonight, and we are watching um, – you know, we got a tra- chance to watch Evan Mobley a couple nights ago. And he was picked third. The dude from the Rockets was picked second. I think yep. in just one game, I'm like, well, they screwed up. That, that's how. <laughs> that's how quickly. Go ahead. Go ahead. But it's just you, you're right. You see Evan Mobley, and you're like, oh, that guy's an NBA player. <laughs> that, that 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 guy right there. Him. I want him. Right. And then you look at some of these other guys. You're like, well, maybe maybe if he gets a little better. Who's the guy? I'm blanking on his name. Who's the guy in Sacramento that can't play dead? With, uh, that they instead of taking Luca, instead of taking Trey Young, they took him. I we can't I can't even pull the guy's name for, right for, now. First of all, let me say it's Jalen Green that went second before Evan um, Evan Mobley. Uh-huh. Marvin Bagley the third was taken. Marvin Bagley, there yep. you go. Yep. That no nobody knew exactly what they were getting in any of these guys. But after about three minutes of NBA basketball, we're like. Uh, oh. Luca's really good. Yeah, Evan Mobley's going to be a pretty not. good player. Yeah, yeah Evan Mobley's going to be a really good player. And you, if you redo the draft, it's like, oh, yeah, he goes ahead of Jalen Green. You just don't so know. You don't know, but what you're hoping for, and this is going to go back to the Zion piece of this. Um, and by the way, can I just say this, Trav? The NBA is getting so young and so fast that's the one part that you kind of tie back to the Lakers. Part of one of, yeah, the Lakers are struggling with that part. The the Lakers, it's you know, you're watching some of these games. I'm like, damn, look how quick these teams get up and down the floor. By the way, there's also a lot of players that are so young in the style of basketball, you almost don't even have time to fear the opponent because you're moving so up, so quick up and down the floor. It's like I don't care. I'm supposed to 
move up and down the floor and jack a three. So it's like I don't even care who I'm playing up against. <laughs> right. But the Zion piece of this that we were mentioning, that's got to be so discouraging for a franchise that, first of all, they traded Anthony Davis to the Lakers. They got all these young guys. Okay, you know what? AD didn't work. Then AD goes and wins a championship with the Lakers. And then you're looking at, well, look at our future. We got Zion and Lonzo and Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram. Okay, Lonzo's gone. Uh, obviously, the Zion piece of the mix of this. Yeah, that was. Uh, it's weird to see that uh, that photo of Zion. The guy looks 25, 30 pounds heavier than the last time I saw him. And that doesn't tend to go away. And he was doing a Mountain Dew commercial, and I was like, "Does no?" Don't <laughs> he do that he one. bought all in. He went well, the thing method. Is, he's doing it. He's doing it with Zach Levine, who's arguably one yeah. of the Pretty fastest, quickest players Pretty in the NBA. Guy. I'm like, yeah. this this doesn't work. He's all right. Let's try a quick phone call here. Let's go to Mo on the Dr Pepper call in line. Mo, what's going on? You're on with Travis and Sleep. What's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. You. What's going on, Mo? So check this out, right? Uh, first of all, first of all, I'm a Braves fan, so I called you guys during during the Dodgers series and um, and, um, and 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 talked about that. So I'm, I'm sweating bullets tonight, but but that's <laughs> another story. I proposed this on another radio station. I called in, and, and I don't You're know doing how well it was to another received. station, Mo. That's bad karma, right there. It was at like, it was like ten o'clock at night. I couldn't find you guys anywhere. <laughs> okay, deal. I was trying. Sliwa was close, but he wasn't around. Yeah, I was gonna say tonight <laughs> at ten, I'll be on, buddy. Post game show. Okay, so what what'd you propose? So check this. I proposed a straight up trade of Ben Simmons for Zion Williamson, and and so on the on the surface they're like that looks terrible because you're thinking. Dude, Zion is the franchise. He's this. He can shoot. He, you know, he's a playmaker. But Zion is not happy there, and he's got issues with his health. And when he's healthy, he's this. But he's not. He's not available all the time, and something's not right with where he is in, in, in New Orleans. And we know what the issues are with Ben Simmons. But Ben Simmons is six ten, and Ben Simmons pretty much stays healthy. And they're pretty young, and he's pretty athletic. And he's got a whole lot of things he can do if he's around the right people. It's not as bad of a deal as you think. And I think that both of the athletes need to change. And uh, of course, or at least they need a, a, a change of a change. Mo, appreciate you calling in, but we can get to this real quick because we're, we're going to have to go to break here in a second. Trav, um, the Pelicans are so all in on Zion; they're going to give him every single opportunity to get in shape, to be ready. And by the way, I wouldn't I wouldn't pull the plug this early either. And I'm a fan of Ben Simmons. I, I think Ben Simmons on a young team like that where the expectations are lower and him and Brandon Ingram, were they the same draft? I don't think they were the same draft. Were they same? No, that was the I year D'Angelo. I can't remember, but they're only a year apart. As in, that would be kind of cool to watch those guys together. That's why you got that. That was part of the reason why Zion's there, right? It's like no Zion and Ingram are going to go together. I don't think the Pelicans will do anything in the near future. They're going to give them every opportunity to 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 try to be the star there. I think there's one major difference between those two guys. I'll tell you what it is next. Plus the dump coming up next. Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. 
Better because it has to be. What in the world? Dominic the donkey. So tomorrow, um, <laughs> let's go back to regular music. <laughs> I'd like to throw that out there. Emily, what is this one called? A Dominic the donkey. Dominic the donkey is a Christmas song? Yeah, of course. You haven't heard of it before? I, I'm, this is my first experience with old Dom the donkey. So uh, I'm not enjoying it so far, but uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll have to give it another try. I have the CD. In my car right now. <laughs> don't forget, Les Sneed is on Mason and Ireland today, coming up at two thirty. So don't uh, don't miss that. Les Sneed, Rams general manager, on with uh, Mason and Ireland at two thirty. So going back to what we we're talking about, how hard it is to get good in these various sports, and in the NBA, I, I think it's the hardest sport to get good, especially if you're not the Lakers or one of these teams yeah. that can get a bunch of free agents to come and sign. If you're the Lakers, your plan is okay. When does Giannis come clear? When does the yeah. next great player come? And then you make you make a play for that player. That that by, is by the way. Look at some of these mid markets. You could say Dallas. You know they won one. They had Dirk for mm-hmm. twenty years. Mm-hmm. They got fortunate to get Luca, and they got him right. Luca should have went. Uh, either to the Phoenix Suns or the Sacramento Kings. They got fortune. They got Luka. Portland's got Damian Lillard, just a franchise player, fantastic. They never are in the mix of trying to win an NBA. Can They're I too bot- good. They're, that, I, that's the problem. That Port, Portland's in that weird spot where you're too good because you're not going right. to pick in the top three it's or four. It's the worst place to be. That you're picking it's somewhere the in worst. the high teens or 20s. You're not, I mean, you're going to get a role player maybe, but you're not going to get a transcendent guy. I mean, you almost need Dame to take a year off and just say, hey, Dame. I mean, like, literally. Do you like to go fishing? You, you like to camp? <laughs> there's no other way to do it in the NBA, especially if you're some of these other teams. You know, as a good example, too, use the Celtics as an example. The Celtics, remember Lakers and Celtics. So Celtics won it in 2008. Lakers won it in 2009, 2010. Let's say both of those teams then are, okay, off to the races. You're going to start changing your roster. You're going to kind of figure out. You're going to build through the draft. What are you going to do? The Celtics, for as much conversation that we heard over the last couple of years, oh, my gosh, look how well-built they are. Look how many draft picks they have. Look at they got Tatum and Jalen Brown that they could build off of. Kyrie Irving's coming. Um, go down the list. Kemba Walker. I mean, you just kind of like all these different guys that have been a part of that organization. They don't look like they're a top-five team in the Eastern Conference even no, today. They don't. Look, th- this is important, and I think this goes back to the Rams. Draft picks are fine. Dra- draft picks, are, are they have value. They, they do. But they don't have as much value as a proven NFL commodity. They don't have as much value as, I don't know, out winning some games, going and trying to compete for a championship. Great. The Oklahoma City Thunder have 8 trillion draft picks. So what? The Milwaukee Bucks are going to go to the finals, or the Brooklyn Nets are going to go to the finals. The Lakers are going to go to the finals. That You can have all these picks, but at some point it has to translate into wins on the court or on the field or on the diamond. And just having a bunch of, well, we got a bunch of picks. I don't care. Yeah. Are you good or not? And I get it. That sometimes you have to bottom out to get it done. Very quickly before we go to the dump. Um, ben Simmons and Zion Williamson, that question that they asked about, like which one of those guys could you trade yeah. one for the other? I'd rather try to convince Ben, or I should say Zion Williamson, to get in shape, which I think is probably going to be a challenge. But I'd, I'd rather have that conversation than try to convince Ben Simmons to change his game because he has shown no inclination that he's going to change his game that he's going to improve in the areas in which he is not strong. Free throw shooting, all of these things. That's not where he lives and breathes. That's just, that, that is a far tougher putt. I just have one dump item. Can I throw this at you real quick? Sure. Did you see Ch- uh, Peyton Manning eating chicken on the Manning cast last night? So I didn't watch it live, but I did watch it. Um, 
you know, on YouTube. So he didn't know he was on camera. Like, you know what the guy looked like? He looked like he's busy doing a broadcast, trying to get some protein in, and he wants to go right back to work. Sound looks like a guy that's working his you-know-what off. Okay, no, yes. He also looks like somebody that knows his way around a piece of chicken because that was some really tactical chicken eating. That was bite on one side of the leg, quickly rotate, get the yep. meat off the other side of the leg, rotate yep. another quarter turn. So are they just recording piece. him while he's eating, thinking he's not being recorded? <laughs> the best the, the best part is that <laughs> Eli is watching this whole thing unfold, and he's just loving every minute of it. Those, those guys <laughs> – are so oh, good no, at they're that. Fantastic. They're really, really funny. I enjoyed it a great deal. Uh, the Steelers, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, awesome. had USC gloves on <laughs> at his press conference today. I think they're trolling their head coach here a little bit. I like that a lot. Well, what I would do now if I'm a journalist there in Pittsburgh, I would say, hey, we saw Roethlisberger. He's wearing USC gear. Can we now bring up the conversation again? Is USC <laughs> sending you – did they send a contract your way? Did they? You ask I mean, him first. <laughs> how far along are you and USC in the process? I'll take your answer off the air, and so then I would exit the, the room. This is the first time I've ever felt like I could be an NFL quarterback. Mac mm-hmm. Jones, the Patriots quarterback, goes to bed at eight thirty, and he gets up at four forty-five. I have the credentials because that sounds awesome to is me. Is that the new? I would be all okay. over that. That's good. Eight thirty is Lakers <laughs> halftime. So he's going sounds to bed like at eight thirty. That sounds like an ASP, an Alan Sliwa problem. Yes. How do people find the pod? Uh, search Lakers, or look, I'm, I'm already promoting Lakers talk. Search uh, <laughs> Travis and Sliwa show ESPN app or on iTunes. Uh, just uh, type in Travis and Sliwa, you get the full three hours. All right, we're going to be all over that Laker game tomorrow morning. Don't forget that Les Need coming up at two thirty. Mason and Ireland is next. We'll see you then. Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.